0: Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast on Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I am here today with Chelsea and Amber. Say hi. Hi. (laughs) Hi. And we are, we're, we're like book hopping here. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not, but we got some Haggai, we got some Zechariah. <laughs> now, what is interesting in the way that it kind of reads here is that we do go kind of month by month by month as we read. So you'll notice that the readings, uh, particularly at the beginning of the recording, um, it starts with on October 17th, and then it's like in November, and then on December 18th. Right. So it's chronological, it's set up that way. So it does feel like we're jumping around quite a bit, but we are actually following the timeline. Yeah. Sacred secret timeline.
0: Um, Zechariah and Haggai, we haven't mentioned this, but they are contemporaries, which the text kind of says that before. But they're prophesying at the same time, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Um, <clears throat> what <laughs> What do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> There's so much happening in these verses. <laughs> um, I I do, I, I mean, you you probably know by now, I have a thing for Zerubbabel. <laughs> I yes, really like I do. <laughs>
1: I don't get it, but it's yes, I noticed. To Ryan that I like
0: Zerubbabel. Well, it,
2: I think you mentioned it for yesterday, it, where he was—he's uh, the guy that was
0: leading them to be obedient, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, it's a big deal. A good leader, and he is in the Davidic line, and he's an ancestor of Jesus. So he's just like he's—he's he's he's like, like he's just great, a cool great, guy. Great, great, great. Yeah. yeah, he's a cool guy that's actually obedient, and yeah. the Lord uses him as like an archetype for all these different things. So when he's talking about Zerubbabel, like he's. Also pointing a head to Jesus, and he's the answer to like David's line ruling and the forever reign on the throne. All those things is like Zerubbabel is the um, the imagery for that. Like, is the he your favorite running. Old Testament character? So no, far. probably not. Who would you say that is? I am like after reading all this, I'm like a pretty big fan of Daniel. Daniel's pretty cool. Yeah,
1: because like
0: why are you shaking uh, he's your shaking head? His head it's
1: definitely Nebuchadnezzar <laughs> it's yours oh, you she do asked me really mine. love
0: Nebuchadnezzar <laughs> no but Daniel I mean like I feel like Daniel is David without the bad reputation
1: oh <laughs> oh Daniel aren't we glad he was pure
0: <laughs> You're like he didn't do anything anyone. he didn't bad. murder he anyone. anyone he didn't
1: steal anyone's wife exactly what a guy all
0: he did was fast and you know he was
1: sleep with lions
0: <laughs> <laughs> had some lions <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, that's my favorite um, Bible character at true. this point. He's
2: very in sync with
0: God's, all, all the things. Oh. He is. Yes. Okay, what do you guys think of um, the different crazy visions going on?
1: Pause. Cool.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't want to do the visions yet. Um, oh. <laughs> I like this little this little pop quiz that happens in Haggai, where <laughs> where is like, hey, if someone touches a dead person and then goes, yeah. touches foods, are the foods dirty? And all the people are like, Yeah, they are. And he's like, Yeah, so are you. Because when you're sinful, it makes you dirty.
0: It's like a trick question. <laughs> and they're like, Oh yeah. man, fell right she- into that. <laughs> like,
1: wow. Here we are so excited to give answers about ceremonial cleanliness.
0: Um,
1: but it, it continues this uh, theme that we've seen consistently in the Old Testament, actually, is that. If you are living a life that isn't honoring God, the things that you do to honor God are not honoring.
0: Right. So God's making it very clear that even in this post-exilic mm-hmm. community, like sin is not welcome here. Like he's blessing them. Things are going well, but still like stop sinning. Don't do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's imagery that we've seen in Isaiah. Um, and I think that's significant because it's, that's pre-exile like, right? Yes.
0: Isaiah yeah. It's pre-exile. Well, it's during Israel's. It's like
1: getting there. Yeah. Um, But, it's, it's imagery that God consistently uses. And again, God doesn't change. So, of course, it's the same imagery because he's like, you know, this is generation after generation after generation. Of course, he's like painting the picture the same way.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And they also would have had access to Isaiah's writings at this point. Right. If Daniel had access to Jeremiah's, I'm pretty sure they had access to Isaiah's.
1: Yeah. It's very cool.
0: So, it is cool.
2: <clears throat> what yeah. about you, Amber? Um, it's interesting in like right at the beginning of Zechariah, they, it's i'll just read it um where (laughs) your ancestors now they are the prophets that are long dead but everything i said through my servants and prophets happened to you and your ancestors just as i said as a result they uh they repented and said we have received what we deserved from the lord of heaven's armies he has done what he has said he would do it's just using the past to represent like what is going to happen in the future
1: that line caught my attention too, because it's also God being like, who even are you people? Yeah. Like, like, imagine, like you're interacting with God and he's like, remember all those descendants long away? Where are they now? They're dead. I'm still yeah. here. I'm still saying the same thing. Yeah. So it's like God's uh, eternal presence, his transcendence. Um, it's just God saying, like, I see all of it. I saw them making their mistakes. What did I tell them to do? Come to me. What am I telling you? Come to me. It's and not like, changing. you saw
2: them come to me, and then what happened? Yeah. Like, what happened? You should <laughs> you do it, do too. It. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Okay, again, I know you're really excited to get into visions, but one more thing.
0: Well, I mean, I'm neutral about it. <laughs> um, Chelsea's really
1: into visions. So, <laughs> Reveille and visions. Um, there, there's an interesting little tidbit that I think, if you're not paying attention, you'll miss it. Um, God talks about how these nations that have been used to punish... Israel, how they are now enjoying peace and stability. Um, and basically what he's saying is like, hey, I am I was angry with my people. They needed to be disciplined. I used these nations to discipline them. And now these nations are actually just taking advantage of them. Mm-hmm. So what we're seeing is like this cycle um, where God is drawing people's attention to himself, uh, usually through harsh things. Um, they turn to God. They start to enjoy kind of this like level of peace and prosperity. And oftentimes they get distracted by the peace and prosperity. They start worshiping that instead of God. Mm -hmm. And then God comes back around because we've seen God now saying to like Babylon to like all these kingdoms, like I'm going to use you to punish my people. Well, and then they come to this place where they're like not being used by God anymore. They're just punishing the people for no reason. Right. And so it it, it should get our attention. I hope it gets our attention. Um, When we're enjoying peace and prosperity, don't lose sight of the fact that we're enjoying that because of God's grace and God's presence. Mm,
0: That's good. Mm -hmm. Okay, now for the visions. (laughs)
1: Yes, Chelsea. I'm just kidding. I actually
0: don't have any, a lot to say. I'm just there's a lot going on in here. There's Zachariah has some crazy visions happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I don't
1: understand about visions. What they always see something crazy and they don't understand it. And they're like, "What does this mean? Why couldn't we just skip that step?"
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just give me the message. <laughs> it's like
1: the angel just shows up and says, "Listen, here. This is what's gonna happen." <laughs>
2: No, It's so true, it's so, and it says it right there. He's like, Well, what does this mean? And he's just like, Don't you know?
1: No, that's why I'm asking. He's like,
2: No, my lord. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he says, This represents, yeah, it's, it has to be. I don't know if that's just God using the way that we learn, like visually, like here's the representation of it, so you can remember.
0: Yeah, I think, I think imagery does that for us. I think yeah. when you use imagery to teach a lesson, you remember it better. And I think he was also using imagery that would have been consistent with what these people would have known. So, like the lampstands, things like that, they would have understood because it would have been like, it would have been like a symbol like we would recognize,
1: like the iPhone. (laughs) Oh no. We went from lampstands (laughs) to iPhones. It's so disappointing. I'm
0: just saying we could have
1: had such much, so much cooler imagery. So
0: if the seven lamps represent (laughs) why couldn't we have a seven horned bull? I should give you the list of things that went through my head before I said iPhone. iPhone was the safe choice. Okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, but I think I do think the woman in the basket with wickedness, Mm -hmm. I like from what I know about Zechariah, is representing again that like sin does not belong in the land of Judah. It's going to Babylon. <laughs> yeah, where it
1: Send that woman in that pot out of there.
0: <laughs> with, the stork, with the stork, with the stork, stork ladies. Women. Yep, the stork ladies.
1: I'm here for it. Oh
2: man, <laughs> yep that's a that's quite a visual. Uh, and another thing is the way I actually that never got bread. that on my
1: flannel graph. Never <laughs> the stork, <lady?
0: laughs> never stork <ladies? laughs> There was never
1: stork ladies. I'm actually really disappointed.
0: You're a Mennonite. <laughs> Us non-denoms got it all the time. <laughs> Just kidding.
2: <laughs> Chelsea still has that one hanging on her fridge. <laughs>
0: She's like, Way on the <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, wait, were you gonna say something? Amber? I feel like I was. I Maybe <laughs> yeah, we should wrap this up.
1: <laughs> Haggai chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Then on October 17th, that same year, the Lord sent another message through the prophet Haggai. Say this to Zerubbabel son of Shatil, governor of Judah, and to Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of God's people there in the land. Does anyone remember this house, this temple in its former splendor? How in comparison does it look to you now? It must seem like nothing at all. But now the Lord says, be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people still left in the land, and now get to work." For I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. My spirit remains among you, just as I promised you when you came out of Egypt, so do not be afraid. For this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. In just a little while, I will again shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I will shake the nations and the treasures of the nations will be brought to this temple. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and in this place I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken Zechariah one starting in verse one in November of the second year of King Darius's reign, the Lord gave this message to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, the grandson of Edo. I, the Lord, was very angry with your ancestors. Therefore, say to the people, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Don't be like your ancestors who would not listen or pay attention when the earlier prophets said to them, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. Turn from your evil ways and stop all your evil practices. Where are your ancestors now? They and the prophets are long dead, but everything I said through my servants, the prophets, happened to your ancestors, just as I said. As a result, they repented and said, We have received what we deserve from the Lord of heaven's armies. He has done what he said he would do. Haggai 2, starting in verse 10. On December 18th, the second year of King Darius' reign, the Lord sent this message through the prophet Haggai. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. Ask the priests this question about the law. If one of you is carrying some meat from a holy sacrifice in his robes, and his robe happens to brush against some bread or stew, wine or olive oil, or any other kind of food, will it also become holy? The priest replied, No. Then Haggai asked, If someone becomes ceremonially unclean by touching a dead person and then touches any of these foods, will the food be defiled? And the priest answered, Yes. Then Haggai responded, That is how it is with this people and this nation, says the Lord. Everything they do and everything they offer is defiled by their sin. Look at what was happening to you before you began to lay the foundation of the Lord's temple. When you hoped for a 20-bushel crop, you harvested only 10. When you expected to draw 50 gallons from the wine press, you found only 20. I sent blight and mildew and hail to destroy everything you worked so hard to produce. Even so, you refused to return to me, says the Lord." Think about this 80th day of December, the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Think carefully. I am giving you a promise now while the seed is still in the barn. You have not yet harvested your grain, and your grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, and olive trees have not yet produced their crops. But from this day onward, I will bless you. Ezra 5, two, Zerubbabel, son of Shetiel, and Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, responded, by saying, starting again to rebuild the temple of God in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God were with them and helped them. Haggai 2 verse 20. On that same day, December 18th, the Lord sent this second message to Haggai. Tell Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, And I am about to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overthrow royal thrones and destroy the power of foreign kingdoms. I will overturn their chariots and riders. The horses will fall and their riders will kill each other. But when this happens, says the Lord of Heaven's Armies, I will honor you, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, my servant. I will make you like a signet ring on my finger, says the Lord, for I have chosen you. I, the Lord of Heaven's Armies, have spoken. Zechariah 1, starting in verse 7. Three months later, on February 15th, the Lord sent another message to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, the grandson of Edo. In a vision, during the night, I saw a man sitting on a red horse that was standing among some myrtle trees in a small valley. Behind him were riders on red, brown, and white horses. I asked the angel who was talking with me, My Lord, what do these horses mean? I will show you, the angel replied. The riders standing among the myrtle trees then explained, They are the ones the Lord has sent out to patrol the earth. Then the other riders reported to the angel of the Lord who was standing among the myrtle trees. We have been patrolling the earth— And the whole earth is at peace. Upon hearing this, the angel of the Lord prayed this prayer. O Lord of heaven's armies, for seventy years now you have been angry with Jerusalem and the towns of Judah. How long until you again show mercy to them? And the Lord spoke kind and comforting words to the angel who talked with me. Then the angel said to me, Shout this message for all to hear. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. My love for Jerusalem and Mount Zion is passionate and strong. But I am very angry with the other nations that are now enjoying peace and security. I was only a little angry with my people, but the nations inflicted harm on them far beyond my intentions. Therefore, this is what the Lord says, I have returned to show mercy to Jerusalem. My temple will be rebuilt, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and measurements will be taken for the reconstruction of Jerusalem. Say this also, this is what the Lord of heaven's Army says, the towns of Israel will again overflow with prosperity, and the Lord will again comfort Zion and choose Jerusalem as his own. Zechariah 1, 18. Then I looked up and saw four animal horns. What are these? I asked the angel who was talking with me. He replied, these horns represent the nations that scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Then the Lord showed me four blacksmiths. What are these men coming to do? I asked. The angel replied, these four horns, these nations, scattered and humbled Judah. Now these blacksmiths have come to terrify those nations and throw them down and destroy them. When I looked again, I saw a man with a measuring line in his hand. Where are you going? I asked. He replied, I'm going to measure Jerusalem to see how wide and how long it is. Then the angel who was with me went to meet a second angel who was coming toward him. The other angel said, hurry and say to the young man, Jerusalem will someday be so full of people and livestock that there won't be room enough for everyone many will live outside the city walls. Then I myself will be a protective wall of fire around Jerusalem, says the Lord, and I will be the glory inside the city. The Lord says, Come away, flee from Babylon in the land of the north, for I have scattered you to the four winds. Come away, people of Zion, you who are exiled in Babylon. After a period of glory, the Lord of heaven's armies sent me against the nations who plundered you. For he said, Anyone who harms you harms my most precious possession. I will raise my fist to crush them, and their own slaves will plunder them. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. The Lord says, Shout and rejoice, O beautiful Jerusalem, for I am coming to live among you. Many nations will join themselves to the Lord on that day, and they too will be my people. I will live among you, and you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies sent me to you. The land of Judah will be the Lord's special possession in this holy land, and he will once again choose Jerusalem to be his own city. Be silent before the Lord all humanity, for he is springing into action from his holy dwelling. Then the angel showed me Jeshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. The accuser, Satan, was there at the angel's right hand, making accusations against Jeshua. And the Lord said to Satan, I, the Lord, reject your accusations, Satan. Yes, the Lord, who has chosen Jerusalem, rebukes you. This man is like a burning stick that has been snatched from the fire. Jeshua's clothing was filthy as he stood there before the angel. So the angel said to the others standing there, Take off his filthy clothes. And turning to Jeshua, he said, See, I have taken away your sins, and now I am giving you these fine new clothes. Then I said, They should also place a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean priestly turban on his head and dressed him in new clothes while the angel of the Lord stood by. Then the angel of the Lord spoke very solemnly to Jeshua and said, This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. If you follow my ways and carefully serve me, then you will be given authority over my temple and its courtyards. I will let you walk among these others standing here. Listen to me, O Jeshua the high priest, and all you other priests. You are symbols of the things to come. Soon I am going to bring my servant, the branch. Now look at this jewel. I have set before Jeshua a single stone with seven facets. I will engrave an inscription on it, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and I will remove the sins of this land in a single day. And on that day, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, each of you will invite your neighbor to sit with you peacefully under your own grapevine and fig tree. Then the angel who had been talking with me returned and woke me as though I had been asleep. What do you see now? he asked. I answered, I see a solid gold lamp stand with a bowl of oil on top of it. Around the bowl are seven lamps, each having seven spouts with wicks. And I see two olive trees, one on each side of the bowl. Then I asked the angel, What are these, my Lord? What do they mean? Don't you know, the angel asked. No, my Lord, I replied. Then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not my force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, may God bless it, may God bless it. Then another message came to me from the Lord. Zerubbabel is one who laid the foundation of this temple, and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices at the work be- to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. The seven lamps represent the eyes of the Lord that search all around the world. Then I asked the angel, What are these two olive trees on each side of the lampstand? And what are the two olive branches that pour out golden oil through two gold tubes? Don't you know, he asked. No, my lord, I replied. Then he said to me, they represent the two anointed ones who stand in the court of the Lord of all the earth. I looked up again and saw a scroll flying through the air. What do you see? The angel asked. I see a flying scroll, I replied. It appears to be about 30 feet long and 15 feet wide. Then he said to me, this scroll contains the curse that is going out over the entire land. One side of the scroll says that those who steal will be banished from the land. The other side says that those who swear falsely will be banished from the land. And this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. I am sending this curse into the house of every thief and into the house of everyone who swears falsely using my name. And my curse will remain in that house and completely destroy it, even its timbers and stones. Then the angel who was talking with me came forward and said, Look up and see what's coming. What is it? I asked. He replied, It's a basket for measuring grain, and it's filled with the sins of everyone throughout the land. Then the heavy lead cover was lifted off the basket, and there was a woman sitting inside it. The angel said, The woman's name is Wickedness, and he pushed her back into the basket and closed the heavy lid again. Then I looked up and saw two women flying toward us, gliding on the wind. They had wings like a stork, and they picked up the basket and flew into the sky. Where are they taking the basket? I asked the angel. He replied, To the land of Babylonia where they will build a temple for the basket. And when the temple is ready, they will set the basket there on its pedestal.